And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. You're listening to Red Eye Radio. Download our app today and listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. A couple of other uh, stories uh, out there. This uh, from the Washington Free Beacon. Listen to this, Eric. This, I mean, they, they're trying to destroy everything. Uh, Connecticut Democrats are working to lower the physical fitness requirements for female firefighters, saying that less uh, uh, standards, less physical standards, will make the fire department more diverse. A law introduced earlier this month in the Connecticut State Assembly, would let women skip the candidate physical ability test, a time gauntlet used by fire departments across the country. The test, which only 10 to 15% of women pass, requires candidates to complete intense physical tasks while wearing a 50-pound vest. It's designed to stimulate, excuse me, stimulate, simulate the experience of navigating a fire in heavy gear and to weed out those unable to make it. The law introduced by five Democrats, of course, uh, would offer women an alternative test based on revised physical standards with the goal of ensuring that additional female candidates qualify for firefighter positions, text from the bill states. But firefighters, including women, who have climbed the ranks of their department without workarounds, say the bill will set merit-based hiring ablaze and endanger Connecticut residents. If you can't handle a 50-pound vest, you're not going to be able to rescue a child from a burning building, said Leah DiNapoli, uh, a retired firefighter in New Haven, Connecticut. A citizen in need of rescue doesn't care if a firefighter is white, black, Hispanic, male, or female, said Frank Ricky, a retired firefighter who served as the president of the New Haven Firefighters Union. They only care who can do the job. This attempt to socially engineer public safety positions uh, will only continue to endanger the public. Wow. 
I don't because it would be like saying we need to let Eric be a firefighter because we like Eric. If I didn't pass the standards and they said, well, no, but everybody likes Eric. Un- we, we just need to let Eric be a firefighter. Why, why would you do that? Unlike in the military where uniforms and equipment can vary by gender, all firefighters wear the same gear, which weighs at least 59 pounds, mm. nine more than the vest used yeah. for the physical assessment. Right. That's not including the weight of ladders, hoses, or other firemen who must sometimes carry incapacitated colleagues on their shoulders. Right. While a few pieces of protective gear now come tailored for women, most of the essential tools do not. They do not make lighter saws or ladders, Dina Pauly says. When I was there, they didn't even make female-sized boots. The law, she added, is absolutely insane. Either you can do the job or you can't. And this is a perfect example if you want to see where Democrats don't care about protecting people they care about the image of diversity yes well because i mean if you if you were to look at it and say that mm-hmm. well we're going to change the standards of the equipment we're going to make it lighter which means it's more dangerous yeah but you don't understand see this is about that one person Oh, you mean the person that is in danger of their home, that is on fire, uh, that fire then causing their life to be in danger? That person? No. Another person. We need to show we care about the person who's not in danger. Wow. As they say, though some fire service tests have been struck down uh, on uh, on. Uh, on certain gender grounds, the mm. candidate physical ability test is not one of them. Developed and validated by the International Association of Firefighters, it has survived multiple discrimination lawsuits, mostly from women, and has received the blessing of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the agency that enforces civil rights laws in the workplace. The idea of the test was to keep politics out of the fire service hiring. Now they are trying to put the politics back in. They said, you know, I don't care whether it's the border. I don't care whether it's an example like this. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether it's COVID, as we right. said. Right. The president and Democrats never cared about COVID. Right. Otherwise, they would have shut the southern border like they did the northern border. Mm-hmm. Is it, age, is it age discrimination if uh, someone who's really old, like you, if Gary wanted to go and apply for a job, a firefighting job? <clears throat> yes. No experience. But they say you're, uh, you're, you outlived the age requirement. There is a maximum age that you can be when you come to this job without experience. I would say, too, I don't know if every, 
I would have to look at, at the standards in, in different uh, cities with, with fire departments in terms of uh, those who age out, in, in, even with experience, that may be a firefighter. If, if there is a uh, maximum age, uh, which would be mandatory retirement age, I, I don't know. I, I'm I know just, like uh, – I'm looking in my town. Yeah. You ready? Okay. What is it? You must be between the ages of 18 and 35. That's age discrimination. Applicants 36 years of age or older are not eligible for a beginning position as a firefighter. I guess right. if, if you have experience, yes, 40, right. I, yeah, but I don't know what the I don't know what the retirement age would be, but right, certainly right. you could not be my age. Right. There is a like a mandatory retirement for the Border Patrol that was put in in recent years. And if you are 57 or older and have 20 years of experience and meet basically both of those standards and that, that that's where your retirement mandatory retirement hits and so when it comes to public safety you have to qualify the individual and it has nothing to do with anything else except for in this case a physical standard because they're required to do in that job extraordinary things and so you have to be, not only do you have to be able to do that job, but you've, along the way, got to stay in shape. You've got to be able to physically handle that job. And if anything comes along to where you can't do that job physically, then you're no longer qualified. I don't care who you are. And it's insane to say, no, we're going to change this so someone can be a firefighter well my gosh would you open the door then to anybody and everybody who wanted to be a firefighter well you can't no you can't of course you can't and changing the standards is not going to make it better for anyone especially those who are victims waiting to be rescued by firefighters, you are making it more dangerous when you enact policy that says yeah. we're going to allow people who want to be a firefighter to be a firefighter and, because they want to be. By the way, the whole thing that it's about equality, it's not. It is not. Because you're not equal in the talent that you have to save lives. You don't have the ability. If you don't yeah. have the ability, if you pass the standard, the physical uh, qualification standard, then great. But if you don't, you're not a firefighter. Nope. There's example after example after example where we get into the fact that imagery is so much more important than reality and lives. And, right. this, and, and this is promoted by the Democrats. Remember, in this case, all five that are sponsoring this bill are Democrats. There's no Republican right. in this because this is absolutely insane. Right. You're talking about a, a specialized, an extremely specialized job where you need to be younger and really fit yes. to do that job. Yes. That's just the reality right. of it. Right. And then as the years go on, that experience plays into it. But you still have to be fit. You still have to be physically able to do that job. And nothing can change that 
Because the moment that it does, that we decide as policy, we're going to allow people to become firefighters simply because they want to. Right. That's not how it works. Just amazing. Let let these let these people who want to change these policies get on a plane with somebody in the cockpit that's not qualified but really wants to fly a plane. <laughs> this is your captain Eric speaking. <laughs> Just want to fill you in. I have zero experience. I don't know how any of this works. I don't know what any of this means in front of me. But I'd really like to fly this plane. But I fit a quota. Yep. Just incredible. Yeah, It really is. It really is. 86690-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Your truck's inability to crank at the proper speed is the most obvious sign that a battery-related issue is present. If you experience any sluggishness when cranking your engine, get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. Continuing to crank a vehicle with low or inadequate voltage will damage the starter and can cost you uptime down the road. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Join the... Hey, it's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. We got some uh, audio coming up uh, from Larry Kudlow yesterday on CNBC, or excuse me, Fox Business, mm-hmm. uh, on um, uh, on the uh, economy, talking to different economists uh, out there, talking about a slide toward re- recession, especially after some of the economic numbers uh, came out yesterday. We had, we had brought to you, at, probably around this time yesterday, the Empire State Manufacturing Survey, and then the really disappointing holiday retail sale numbers that came in that were weaker than uh, expected. Mm. And, you know, we had now we had said that the New York numbers that came out from the New York Fed for New York is only one state. So it could be different. Yeah. Uh, but it was such a crash in New York, the manufacturing numbers, mm. I mean, down to where they were in May of, of 2020. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then when you got the holiday retail numbers that came out, and they were below expected, also right. Yeah, uh, which isn't uh, great at all when you you look at it across the the board with with retail numbers. Anyway, you slice it, it looks bad and much worse than expected. And especially when you're looking at a December, that's not good. Mm-hmm. I do have time to play the audio here. I, had, I looked okay. up and I thought it was later in ah. in the break than it was. Uh, but uh, I want to play this, uh, John Lavornia, uh, uh, also uh, John Carney, mm-hmm. uh, two economists, and Larry Kudlow yesterday on uh, Fox Business. I keep wanting to say CNBC because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> he was on there for a long time. Uh, here's part of their discussion. 
We are going to have a, a more <laughs> traditional recession uh, sometime starting soon. Deflationary recession. A deflationary recession. Right. The, um, because the production numbers, very seldom, Larry, if you looked, have we not had recession or been in recession when production is down 8% annualized? Mm. The housing market's already in recession. And uh, we see that in housing starts, builder sentiment, permits, housing sales, etc. So that's a more traditional downturn. When it begins, it's hard to say. My guess is sooner than later. The bond market is behaving as such. We've had a massive rally in 10-year yields. The curve remains very inverted. The market is starting to price easing later this year. So it's going to get ugly. Um, will the fourth quarter of last year be negative? Is that possible with these no, bad I numbers? Don't, no, because Not of the arithmetic quite. and where the, the growth got weak as we went through the quarter. So the ISM manufacturing weakened in November, December. Production was soft. But this is a point I may have made to you before. If you look at the, last, the six last recessions, the economy grew over 3% right before the economy tipped over. So even if growth looks good in Q4, it tells us nothing about where we're going. But it kind of looks like, John Carney, um, sequentially, November worse than October, December worse than November. And so everyone's interested in what happens in this year. And we got it. We got a hint of going to happen in January. Well, we got a hint of this from the Empire State Manufacturing Survey from the New York Fed. That thing fell off a cliff. It was much worse than anybody thought. It went from a negative 11, I think, on the general business to negative 32. So this thing was a wreck. So it's telling us that the industrial production numbers we're looking at for December are probably getting worse in uh, January right now. And you're right, it got worse. You can see it all throughout the economy. In October, retail sales were higher than they were in November, which were higher than they were in December. So what we're seeing is this slide towards recession happening across the economy. So a lot of people thought it might be the middle of this year, and now they're Mm -hmm. talking about the the recession could be in the first half of this year. Right. And and maybe deeper than they thought. Just a couple of days after, I mean, it was, what, two days ago you came in and you said, you were just reading, you said, oh, these economists are saying that the recession may be milder li- than milder they thought than before thought. the and end then- of the year. Well, it, it, and there's the thing, is that these December numbers uh, uh, and the manufacturing numbers, the, the New York manufacturing numbers, change a lot of, of that sentiment uh, in, in quick fashion because those numbers, especially... The uh, manufacturing numbers, the New York manufacturing numbers, were such a huge miss. But I'd say the retail numbers, too. Because one of the things about the fourth quarter, but especially December, with retail numbers, is that they are, they are monitored by mainstream media outside financial media a lot closer. Because you're gauging the what the consumer is doing at Christmas time. And so the fact that the the median forecast was a miss on the retail numbers for December is telling. And so the question would be, where is that demand? And if it was bad in December on the retail side and manufacturing for January is showing that, that it's way down. And then you see the tech layoffs. Oh, you massive. Amazon yeah. oh. and Microsoft and these companies that are laying off and have in the last year collectively laid off tens of thousands of individuals and those layoffs continue. They keep upgrading those layoffs. Then, yeah, that looks like a recession. And we'll see where the numbers. Was it you, you know, said like up. a total of tech layoffs of 60,000? Yeah. 
between, uh, and I had that uh, in front of me before, but that's between, uh, let's see here, it is uh, Microsoft, Amazon, and other tech companies have laid off uh, more than 60,000 employees in the last year, uh, coming from CNBC. Uh, but uh, Microsoft yesterday announcing that it's letting go of 10,000 employees. That's roughly 5% of their headcount. That's huge. Wow. And Amazon uh, also started some fresh uh, cuts. 18,000 uh, they were. Yeah, so which initially that started as uh, a few thousand and now it's up to 18. So as these tech companies and other companies, large companies, continue to gauge, they're going to act accordingly and layoffs could continue. Especially if there's a recession, you can bet it's going to continue. McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's go to David in Chattanooga about that, quote, absolutely insane proposed Connecticut law that would uh, axe fitness requirements for female firefighters. Hi, David. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. How y'all doing? Good. Thanks for calling. So one of the things we did here in Tennessee, I'm a 30-year career uh, firefighter retired now. But one of the things we we did was when they would start pushing for uh, to do away with the physical ability tests and things like that is we started a fire ops class. And we would bring our politicians in, our local politicians. We'd bring our work comp doctors in so they could realize, you know, how we're getting hurt and the physical uh, strength it takes to do the job. And we'd actually have live burn classes for them to go through, fully geared up with instructors, take them into these uh, burning houses and buildings and show them what it took to get somebody out, you know, a down firefighter or whatever. And when we started that, the rapport with them comes so much better. Mm. And they they stopped all this nonsense about, well, we need more females, we need more of whatever, because they realized at that point that they could not do the job. But now I don't mean all females because we've got some that are awesome. The ones that can do the job and stay in the gym and just have the physical abilities to do the job are great. But that yeah. doesn't mean all of them should have the door open. Right. Right. All men can't be firefighters. Right. Yeah. That no, was... sir. They cannot. We yeah. have more right. men wash out than we do females. Yeah. yeah. That was the that was the point I was making earlier about me. I mean, if, if you're going <laughs> to make make me a firefighter simply because I want to be a firefighter, that's ridiculous. And and we all know this. We all know that there is a physical standard. In fact, I think most people appreciate the physical standard that has to be met for firefighters. I think that's been a part of our culture at least in modern years for a while. And that we all understand, man, those those folks have to go out and, and, and meet that standard, have to do that training all the time. And they're inherently, uh, you know, as a result of the training, um, but 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 also sometimes because, well, I, they were uh, blessed with good genes. 
they are physically fit and capable of doing the job. We, we understand that. They must be stronger because of what is required of them. I've been in a, a couple of burning houses, actually only one that was still burning, um, and another one was my own that had just burned, and the smoke was enough, and I know I didn't have the equipment, of, of course, but the smoke alone was so uh, uh, such an educational process uh, for me to go through that, and it was just a moment in both cases of the damage that the smoke can do, but also how difficult it is to be in that environment. And I think even with the equipment, uh, you're going. It, it is a. It is going to be a struggle to get the job done. Everybody understands that, except for those who have an agenda, who and they don't care about the safety yeah. of the people who are inside and in danger. Yeah. Thank you, David. Appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it. And uh, and thanks for your service as a firefighter for such yeah. a for such a long time. I just want to remind you. I I, I know that uh, I am the elderly one here, mm. and you yes. might think that I tend to forget, but mm. uh, I believe mm. uh, when you gave the example that of you trying to be a firefighter, mm. I think that I believe the first example you gave of somebody who should not be a firefighter mm. is uh, the person sitting across from you right here. Yeah, who yeah. Uh, you deemed as being way too old. That's right. Just so you know. mandatory retirement age. Yes. Let's mm. go to let's go to Justin in Kansas City. Justin, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi, Justin. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, I just wanted to go off of what basically you just got done saying. Um, hypothetically, whenever it deals with people's lives, you got to run all kinds of scenarios to make sure that you don't have any issues whatsoever when it comes to saving people's lives. Mm-hmm. Well, then if you get somebody who is not 100% qualified for the job, then it's up to everybody else to pick up the slack of the one, two, or how many ever people. And then what happens whenever you need all the crew to be 100% and a mishap happens and somebody dies and then the fire department in the city gets sued and then it's like, oh, my bad, I guess we should have not done that and we should have had everybody 100% qualified. I mean, it it's people's lives we're talking about. Yeah. Right. Well, again, I, th- I think it's uh, and thank you so much for your call. I, th- I think it's this is a perfect example of people that refuse to live in the real world. They wish to live right. in their delusional world. And, and one of the things, if you don't have the physical ability to do it, then uh, you become a danger. Yes. You yourself yes. are a, you. You aren't an asset. Uh, you're a danger as a firefighter if you don't have the physical abilities to handle it. Right. Because you may have to be rescued. Yep. Absolutely. And, and then, and therefore, you not being qualified, you put without any of the other things that are going on, mm-hmm. you yourself, because you're not physically fit, may put uh, the your other firefighters in uh, in in danger. Right. It was interesting. The the caller was telling us that uh, you know, hey, we you know we we uh, actually put some of these politicians, let them see a building built, you know, burning building, put them in the equipment and have them go through. And it's like, you didn't have any of those things anymore after that. Yeah. Sort of reminds yeah. me, remember yeah. the, remember the, the real anti-police guy, mm. completely anti-police saying all these, all these, uh, you know, that every shooting was unjustified. And so they got one police department 
that brought him out mm. and said, you know, gave him some gun training, know how to shoot a gun and everything else, whatever, and then mm-hmm. said, okay, we're going to put you in these scenarios. See if you make the right decision. Right. You know, you you think it's so easy. Right. And remember, every single uh, uh, shooting incident, he failed. Right. Every single one. Right. And he walked out going, okay, it's harder than I thought. Because you have to make split-second decision. Remember, his opinion was changed. He said, oh, okay, I didn't know. Because we want to be in this delusional armchair state. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Anybody could do that. Oh, it's wrong they don't let that person do that. That person should get to do that. Why? Because they want to. Well, Eric would like to fly the plane. <laughs> if you wish to stay on board, you can. If you wish to get off the plane, you can do that now. Let's see how many people. I won't stay on the plane. Now, see, I'm much more qualified. I flew an F-16 for 90 seconds. Yeah. Actually, more. I'm still not staying on the plane that you you want to fly i'm also Man, going to so I, i've got i've got to go find the video of it because you need to see my eight point turn yeah you know there we are i don't you know it's like okay here's how you do it and you know the pilot does an eight point turn and shows you on the stick how to do it yeah and if you see mine on the video i mean the, the plane shake it's like the turn is like <laughs> yeah i mean it was the most and i got all the way around but let's put it this way that footage would not have made it into Top Gun Maverick. Right. <laughs> well, especially the part where you asked, where's the reverse? It's <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> those are the things that, you know, when, when you look at it, and, and, and that's it. Those are the, the tests. The reason I use the, the airplane example is because nobody in their right mind would get on a plane that Eric is going to pilot simply because he wants to. Anybody in their right mind would not put an unqualified firefighter exactly in a situation where exactly. they have to fight a fire. You're putting everybody involved in danger when you do that. There are no exceptions to what I just said. No. And all for their delusional mindset that things have to be equal. Yeah. And they're not. No. They aren't. And they won't ever be. No. You can wish for them. You can cry about it if you want. Or you can just live with reality and know that they're not going to be equal. And it is a much better society that those who are qualified to do jobs like firefighting are the only ones who should do it. It's like talk radio. It takes an, an immense amount of, of, of talent and dedication and intelligence mm. and dynamic person. Maybe I'm, oh, yeah. All right. Maybe I'm picking yeah. the wrong profession here. Okay. No. All right. Let's go back to That's, firefighting and airplane yeah, flying. Okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> use the other examples. Not this one. Look away, folks. It's, and, and you know, it's uh, honestly. 
It's stupid. Well, it is it's stupid. It's just stupid. And, and and how many people would stay on that plane? Well, nobody, nobody. would. Nobody. But it's his right because he wants to. Because you want to means two things. Diddly and squat. I wanted to play in the NFL. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> I wanted to be in the Bee Gees. Really? Never worked out. <laughs> yeah, I can say this. He's lying. Never worked out. Yeah. The first word in that. Maybe, maybe Metallica, but not the Bee Gees. Yeah, after after the Bee Gees, I gave up and got bitter. <laughs> and so, therefore, you turned to heavy metal. Yes, I was <laughs> okay. angry. Yeah, you're right. Yes, because the Bee Gees thing didn't work out. <laughs> angry and disillusioned. But I've the got Bee- the bell bottoms. <laughs> I'm wearing the bell bottoms. <laughs> and then when and then you just had it. I mean, you were just you were you were just you were just completely alienated from society when Andy Gibb then became. Oh, a solo hit artist. What, what makes you? That was what, it for you. What qualifies <laughs> you to be in the Bee Gees other than you are a brother <laughs> of the other Gibbs? It, it's funny because even though probably my personal choice is more harder music, I look back on the Bee Gees now and go, man, were they great. It, you know, they were it, really it was great. Band. The problem God, was- with with all of that was the fact that you had at one point in the top ten, you had like three yeah. BG songs and and a couple of Andy Gibbs songs. Yeah. Well, that's half of the top yeah. ten, right there. Which means it's it, it really it, felt like back it was, then it was burnout. Yeah. It was all you yeah. were hearing. It was funny because to me, even though they, they called you know because it was Saturday Night Fever, so it was mm. disco. To me, it was always just BGS. You know, I mean, I, I yeah, just, right. Not yeah. that I bought the record. Well, you that's the beauty though with the BGS. You never had a buyer record. You didn't. <laughs> you didn't on, have to go to it. It came to you. They were on every thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget. I'm, I'm listening because we did buy the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Somebody in the family did. I swear it wasn't me. <laughs> and my mom says, "I need to stop you. I need to." I said, what? She goes, I don't normally get involved with what you're listening to, but I, I, I'm just concerned about that one song there. I said, what? Four-Letter Woman. I said, what? The song they're singing, Four-Letter Woman. I said, no, no, no. More Than a Woman. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. I swear that. By the way, that actually did happen that's a great story yeah that's it's a, and it is absolutely 100 percent what kind of misogynist song yeah. you, you listening to yeah four no, letter woman more than a woman more than a woman which hey, has a new meaning in 2023 yeah. 866 90 red eye lines open for your calls 866 90 red eye on red eye radio If you like listening to Red Eye On Demand, we have more of Eric Harley and guests for you. Download RER's Extra Mile podcast. More time.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. I love yesterday where Green Jump here said, does this mean that you're really not going to be taking any more questions after this, like being like after today on the classified documents? And she said, pretty much. So can she go, if there's a press briefing in the next two days, can she go the next two days and simply say, we're not answering any more questions, we're not answering any more questions on well, an issue where she hasn't answered any of the questions. Right, because then you moved into the no comment stage. That looks worse. <clears throat> well, it looks bad, especially after the reporters now, because Fox News came out with the story that said the Department of Justice uh, made it clear that they didn't tell the administration that they couldn't say anything, that right. they're allowed to they're allowed to talk about it. They can't talk about the top secret parts of it, but they claim they don't know anything about the top secret documents to begin with. So they can talk about the process. Right. And so the reporters brought it up and it's like at that point, you've lost any defense. Yep. Right. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. 86690 Red Eye. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. This is Red Eye Radio. And since we're Red Eye Radio, we have a Red Eye Radio app. Download it today. That's Get it. it while you can. Get it while you can. We're running low. That's right. Half price today if you download our app. Yeah. Zero times 0. 0.5 is zero. That's right. <laughs> And and you want to get it before they all run out because you don't want to be the one that says, "Oh man, I I tried," but then it said out of stock. Right with the with the layoffs in social media, it yeah. might be out yeah. of stock. Yeah, you don't want you you don't want that to happen. That would be embarrassing. Like so this. download like the app today. I like this. Make it up as you go along. Why not? Everybody else. Is Everybody doing else it. Why does. Uh, all right, you ready for this? Okay. We have asked for this a number of times mm. over the past few months. And it's, hey, if she doesn't answer your question, tell her it. Right. Tell her, you're not answering my question. Right. It happened yesterday. Uh-huh. Here we go, Corrine Jean-Pierre. I want to uh, reference an interview that President Biden did in mid-September with 60 Minutes. And in that interview, he chided former President Trump for having in his possession classified documents. He called it irresponsible. First of all, do you think it was proper for President Biden to comment on an ongoing DOJ investigation? So I'm going to say this, uh, and I'm going to keep it really short today, as it relates to this particular issue, as it relates to an ongoing uh, legal matter, I am going to refer you to Department of Just- uh, Department of Justice with that specific as it relates to uh, anything that you want to ask of us uh, about uh, this uh, this legal matter i would refer you to the white house counsel uh, office i'm going to leave it there 
not going to go I'm into further. And I just, I, I just commented. I just commented. We're moving on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I already answered your question. Go ahead. Well, I, I did. Well, it's your, it's your opinion. It's your opinion. It's your opinion. That is your opinion. Go ahead. Go ahead. No comment is a comment. No, she, the thing is, when she said, no, you put out a comment, you didn't answer my question. Now, in order to instruct, because they've taken it, now they're taking it, uh-huh, the White right. House press corps taking it where we initially said. And thank you for listening. Right, and so we know they're listening, mm-hmm. and that's because they're all getting home from the Georgetown bars about this time. <laughs> and and so, they're, of course, they're listening to the show. But you, uh-huh. they've taken to the step we've said, why can't you simply say, you're not answering my question. Right. I answered your question. No, you gave me a reply, right. but the reply had nothing to do with my question. You're asking me, you know, I, I asked you, was it appropriate for the president to comment on an ongoing investigation with Donald Trump when you claim you cannot uh, answer a question on the ongoing investigation of President Biden? And so I'm asking you a question, and your response was, talk to the uh you know the uh, department of justice mm-hmm. the department of justice does not handle cannot answer a question that only you can answer which is on an investigation of trump and what your boss said right your department of justice cannot give an explanation for what your boss said so you gave me a reply but you're purposely not answering my question and by the way do it in a little bit of a louder voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's do it in a little, little it, louder. It's your raise, job to raise, comment right, on your, what the president says. Right? Why won't you do that? Are right. you afraid to do your job? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yes. Add the, add that extra. You finally got some after for the majority of the White House press corps that have been a tool of this administration. Mm-hmm. You're now, for whatever reason, all of a sudden discovered, hey, they're lying to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have been all along, Yeah. but you've realized it, and we're going to accept that that's good. Now, we know there's an exception. We know there are a few exceptions of those that have not been a tool of the administration. We know that. Corvette Ducey. Corvette <laughs> But the vast majority are. You haven't asked the tough questions. You've right. let so many things slide by here you're not going to let this thing slide well then take it to, take it to, take it to the next level take it to, why should you take it to the next no, level why not because of full transparency because you're not going to get it right for my and eric's entertainment that's really the only reason <laughs> that actually is the only reason <laughs> so do it <laughs> okay, yeah. you, you, you want more where she gets snippy? Okay, let's okay, hear some snippy yes. comments here. Oh, huh? I'm sorry, we have listeners out there. Uh, we're doing this for our own entertainment purposes only. If you wish to join in and be entertained, that's... that's. Feel free to laugh uh, along. Yes, you can laugh along with us, but uh, yes. That's <laughs> Quite entertaining. We feel that we have our, that our utmost responsibility to our listeners is fulfilled if we entertain ourselves. That's right. <laughs> and here we go. 
Here's another one. All right. All right. But on questions that you should be able to answer here that shouldn't have to go to any other agency or entity, can you tell us if there's any sort of assessment that has been planned or launched to determine if national security has been jeopardized at all? Again, that's for the Department of Why Justice. Why is it a DOJ and, and, it's, and let's be clear, it's not your decision to make of what I can or can't answer from here. She you don't it. get to make that decision. I, I love it how she prefaced the question. That's just awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't have to go to anybody else to answer this question. Right. Ah! <laughs> it's not necessary. This is your job. <laughs> Unless you just don't want to do your job anymore. Uh, because we're getting to that point. Yeah. If they don't just flat out call a lid, then it is going to get to this point because you just heard it escalate almost to that point just now. So later today, if they don't call a lid, I could see somebody in the press corps saying, are you just not going to do your job anymore? Yeah. Your job is to comment on what the president said. You speak for the president. He said this. Are you going to do your job or not? Now, here's this audio. Here we go. All right. All right. Be clear from this point on, are you not going to be taking questions about the classified documents? I have been very clear over and over again. We are going to be prudent here. Uh, we're going to be consistent. This particular matter is being uh, is being looked at. There's a legal process currently happening at the Department of Justice. And I'm going to refer you to the Department of Justice on any specifics to this particular case and anything that has to deal with um, our what we're doing here, uh, I would refer to the White House Counsel's Office. And let me remind you, this is this is this is not a new process here. I've, we've been doing this for the past two years. Anything that is related uh, to a, a legal uh, process, a legal matter, we refer it to the Department of Justice. There's no- and we know that's not true mm. because they didn't when it was Trump. No, <laughs> right. I want to get to the one though. Uh, the, the one audio, uh, where, uh, she is, where, where she is told that, uh, here it is right here. This is, this is the one where it had came out. Fox had the story first and then the rest of the reporters jumped on it and said, the justice department has not told the white house that it cannot talk about the facts. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So it blows that out of the water where she, they're using, they're using, uh, the Department of Justice. We can't get involved in an investigation. Well, the Justice Department hasn't told you that. On that, uh, we've all reached out to the Department of Justice. A law enforcement official tells NBC News the Justice Department has not told the White House that it cannot talk about the facts underlying the special counsel investigation into classified documents. So trusting you've received that same information, understanding the desire to be prudent, then why, why can't you speak about the underlying facts? We've been very clear when it comes to even underlying facts, when it comes to specifics, when it comes to something that is under the purview, that is that the Department of Justice is looking at, especially legal matters. Okay, she doesn't answer the question. Right. But did you notice he used the word prudent? Yeah. He used that word against Mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're starting, there's sarcasm now that you're going to see as this continues. But basically what she said yesterday was, we're done. We're not yeah. going to answer any more questions right. on this. Right. Then so just, t- tomorrow will be brand new questions, and you just forget about the fact that we haven't answered any of your questions, right. even though we do have the – even though you kn- – here's the thing. Now, <laughs> she knows that she has the ability to answer any question, except 
Well, any question she can answer because the only one she couldn't answer would be what? On what was in the documents. Right. Nobody knows. The president could say, I haven't committed any crime. Right. I've done nothing wrong. She could say he has done nothing wrong. Right. These documents, she could. But she knows that she can answer questions. The reporters know she can answer questions. How? Because they've been in contact with the Department of Justice. And the Department of Justice, we didn't tell her that. Right. So she knows she can answer the question. The reporters know that she can answer the question. We know that she can answer the questions. She knows that the reporters knows that she can answer the question. She knows that the public knows that she can answer the question. And she's still stating she can't answer the question. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. And at some point, you just have to call a lid. Because you're not going to do your job. And there are there's going to be no end to these questions. They're not going away. Uh, And then uh, it was pretty amazing yesterday on CNN. Yeah. Uh, You you ready for this? Okay. A couple of uh, uh, audio clips from CNN yesterday. Here we go. Joe Biden's brothers have repeatedly referenced him in their private dealings. Frank Biden, a developer of for-profit charter schools, has invoked his brother in trying to convince local officials to approve his projects. Like in Sunrise, Florida, where he told the city in 2015 to trust his venture. Not because of Frank, but because of the honor of being the brother of a guy I think we all know and love. In 2021, at a gathering of medical professionals, he made this pledge. The bully pulpits that I have as a result of the privilege of being associated with with my brother Joey. And I'll do everything in my power to support you to get the job done, to get federal dollars to your research. Frank Biden told CNN there has been zero interaction between his brother's public office and his private business, adding, do I engage in any way in quid pro quo on any level? Absolutely not. The last name gave credibility, you know, initially. Healthcare entrepreneur Michael Frey told CNN Joe Biden's other brother, James, broke financial promises he made while referencing the Biden name. Frey's company filed a lawsuit alleging fraud by James Biden, who denied the claims. Frey spoke to CNN before the lawsuit settled in 2020. Everything was on the Biden name, and, and so we took that to heart. James Biden was also named in a lawsuit filed in July. He allegedly received about $600,000 in loans in 2018 from a company he worked with. I mean, that's just that's just one of uh, uh, the uh, uh, the, uh, the the reports that were done yesterday on mm. uh, on Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the other one. Here's actually the one I wanted to play first. Here it is. OK. Despite his denials, a CNN review of the laptop data, as well as other public material, shows that Joe Biden did interact with some of his son's associates while serving as vice president, though it's unclear exactly what was discussed. One example, the Republican site, Miguel Aleman Magnani, a Mexican businessman and son of the former president who Hunter was trying to woo. In 2014, Aleman Magnani and his dad were photographed at the White House with then-Vice President Biden. In a later email, Hunter Biden reminds Alemani Magnani of the favors he's done for him. 
We have been talking about business deals and partnerships for seven years. I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the effing White House and the Vice President's House and the inauguration. Hunter Biden bluntly acknowledged the power of the Biden name in a memoir, writing that the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which put him on its board, considered my last name gold. From CNN yesterday, you know, we had uh, I got a couple of emails when this first started saying because the media wasn't covering it initially. Mm. And they're like, well, the media's nobody's going to know. We said they're going to know. And we'll yeah. have some of the polling that shows yeah. America knows. Yeah. The majority of Democrats want this investigated. Yep. That just came out. And it wasn't a Rasmussen poll that said that it was a YouGov poll. Mm. We'll have that and more coming up. 86690-RED-EYE. For the people who produce, sell, or buy organic food products certified by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, a new set of rules just out. The most significant change to the United States Department of Agriculture's organic regulations since the National Organic Program was established in 2001. Undersecretary of Agriculture Jennifer Moffitt unveiling for reporters the final package of new rules and regs for the organic industry. This rule safeguards the integrity of organic products so both consumers as well as producers are operating in a fair and level playing field. It reduces fraud in the organic market. Fraud such as selling non-organic products at premium prices to consumers as organic. Consumers need to know that if they're going to put the money down um, that they're actually going to get the product that they're intending to get. House member from Maine, Chelly Pingray, praised the new rules which expand the number and types of organic operations that will have to be inspected and certified. The new rules fully enforce March of 2024. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. I want to play this audio cut here because this is Minnesota uh, House Representative Sandra uh, Feist uh, while campaigning to put menstrual products in the boys' bathrooms in schools hmm. because everybody menstruates. Uh, I think it's important to understand everybody knows that a bio, every, every single person out there knows a biological male cannot be a biological female because right. they say so. Right. We know it's ridiculous. You can't. Uh, and if they change all your parts, you still don't menstruate. Right. Okay. That yeah. so that it doesn't happen. We all know that. Right. Understand that the equality bill from 2021. I didn't get how many Democrats were in the Senate. It was either 222 or 223 because hmm. I didn't know at that exact time. You know, based on who might be ill or whatever. 222 Democrats voted for this for the the the, the bill that says a male can be a female if they say they are. Right. Understand that is. Either every congressperson voted for it or everyone but one in the in Congress, from what I can tell, doing my, my research yesterday on this. Mm-hmm. That shows you how radical they are. And if someone's going to attempt to sell you and lie to you that a biological female can be a female and be passionate about it, what won't they lie to you about? Right. I want to play this audio cut from her. Here we go. Hmm. 
I would encourage uh, the committee to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons. Um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender-neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Do I have to go any further? That's how radical, understand how radical the Democratic, not all Democratic voters are this radical, but the Democratic Party itself is the most radical party in the history of the United States. Right. Bizarro radical, insane radical. Where you can no longer say you can't qualify. Think about what you just heard. You can't go back and qualify it and say, we will supply these products to anyone who needs them. That's not what she said. Nope. And that's how radical it has become. That's how radical they are. And what I just said with the qualifier would count as dissent in today's world. You can't say that out loud (laughs) and qualify it. Join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Crony and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. All right, I found an audio cut of the day, and, and uh, it's uh, not Corrine Jean-Pierre because she's had multiple audio cuts that we've been playing all throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had to play this because it's Al Gore at the right. world, <laughs> the world more poverty forum, because yeah. it certainly is not an economic forum. Mm. It's anti-economic forum. Yeah. And and uh, here is uh, Al Gore uh, talking about <laughs> climate change. Mm. It's only five to seven kilometers thick. That's what we're using as an open sewer. If you could drive a car straight up in the air at interstate highway speeds, you'd get to the top of that blue line in five minutes. And all the greenhouse gas pollution would be below you. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had. And we and just to show you the reason we played all of it, and I can't wait for uh, Bjorn Lumberg mm. or Schellenberger to go through each and every one of his points one point that we could easily 
uh, a debate on this. The oceans are not boiling. In order for the oceans to be boiling, it would have to be 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, at that point, Facebook would not care who went topless because many of us would not want to wear clothes. Or maybe you would wear clothes to insulate you from the massive heat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Iced clothing. <laughs> Ice <laughs> Iced clothing. Uh, but I, I can't wait for them to go point by point. But you can tell the incredible passion he has, right? The rage that he has, the mm-hmm. fury. This is the same guy who kept the same lie going for over a decade. Yep. And he admitted he lied about ethanol. Yep. He knew ethanol was bad for climate change. But he wanted to get elected, Eric, earlier in the show, because we did this uh, as uh, part of the, the start of the show here today. You brought out the NBC article. Yep. We have memories here. Yep. We don't live in the bubble of today. And we remember even NBC doing the article on Al Gore, who admitted he cared more about getting votes yep. than he did his his truth and his science. Yep. And so he promoted something that would make, think about this, he promoted something that he believes would destroy the world quicker And he was promoting it as something that was better for the atmosphere when he really believed it was worse for the world and the atmosphere and wouldn't save the planet but would hurt the planet. But it was okay to do that if he could get votes. A couple of things on that. The fact that it took 10 years for him to come out and say that. That's also how long it took for him to admit that he lost in 2000. (laughs) Because he was essentially putting his political career behind him at the point that he was saying this in 2010. Here's the headline from NBC News from November. November 22nd, 2010. Al Gore. Votes, not science, led me to back corn ethanol. Al Gore said he made a mistake in supporting corn-based ethanol while he was in office, admitting he was more interested in farm votes for his presidential run than what was best for the environment. And he's still lying. <laughs> he's still promoting the same bogus ideas and wants you to believe the oceans are boiling. And that, and they, of course, they they take, you know, the recent weather events in California. And want you to believe. And, and, and by the way, when that happens and that, and, and conservatives with, with tongues firmly planted in cheeks point out that, well, gosh, look at all this freezing weather. How's your global warming? Well, one one weather event doesn't doesn't. Yeah, but it does for you guys. Yeah, consistently. And this is exactly what they do. If it's a recent hurricane or the recent flooding and storm systems off the west coast, all of this, we'll just capitalize on that. Because what he's saying is, you know, we need to do something. 
what we need to do is change policy. We need to change laws. We need to govern people better. Now, it doesn't apply to them. How dare you? They're getting on their private jets and flying there there and back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It doesn't apply to them. Oh, the article came out also that Microsoft hosted a concert with Sting at the WEF just before they announced they were laying off 10,000, 5% of their workforce. 10,000 people. This is, but this is the, the, the kind of arrogance that you get from people like Al Gore, from John Kerry and others. It doesn't apply to me. I'm the hero for saying something. I'm the hero because I moved my mouth. I'm the hero for pointing at it. I shouldn't be expected to alter what I do because I truly don't care. If they did, if they really believed the oceans were boiling, would they dare get on a private jet and yeah. fly and talk to the world's elite? Right. Their actions uh, don't back up, you know, what they're saying. And again, uh, as you know, I, did you say it? I don't know if we said it now or before, uh, that if a conservative said something that, that was that radical, yeah. conservatives would never allow you to get away with it. Right. It would always be brought up, and nobody questions him ever. He came out and told the world, I lied. Right. I I was promoting something that will make climate change worse yep. by his standards. I want to make right. this clear. Right. By his standards, it would make climate change worse, but I lied for a decade, would not tell the truth because I wanted votes I back wanted in the 2000. Power. I wanted I, it the was, power. It was more it was more important to me to gain power. It was more about me than it ever was about the environment. That's what he said in 2010. He can never take that back. That's what he was saying. And remember, I'm more important than the environment. When And when the Democrats were putting in the ethanol mandate back in 2006 and 2007, did Al Gore ever rise up and say, look, guys, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not running again. Uh, you know, at that point, we knew it right. was going to be Obama and Hillary. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't running again. We right. all knew it. Did he come forward and say, look, this is bad policy. It will make the environment worse five years afterwards? No, because nope. he'd know, he knew he would be caught in a lie. Right. So he kept supporting something that he didn't even believe would make the environment better, but he believed it would make the environment worse. But it's okay as long as he was doing it to get power. And nobody on the left, from what I know, nobody on the left has ever called him out on that. And it was only because of activists in 2010 that said, that science has been disproven time and time again at some point you've got to admit you were lying you've got to admit you were wrong and that's why he had to do it in 2010 because the environmentalists were saying you're you're so far off just like by the way they're looking at this now and saying 
EVs, they're not green. No. No. Existing as humans isn't green. Which is why, you know, you have the Gretas, and mm-hmm. I can't think of the other guy who says, well, look, everybody just has to die in order to save right. the world. Right. You know, the, 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 the people are destroying the planet, so people have to go. You need, need to, to unexist. We need, we need to die out. Right. And as we have said, the people that believe that, we think that you have a responsibility to volunteer first. Yeah. I mean, that's only fair, right? Right. I'm not wishing anybody any bad harm. They're the ones that are setting the table. I'm simply saying, well, since you're doing this, I mean, well, then you should be the first to be willing to go since you're advocating it for everybody else. It doesn't apply to them. It doesn't apply to John Kerry. It doesn't apply to any of them. Listen, we love Obamacare. We didn't know we were going to have to pay for it. Yeah. Same mentality. No, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna virtue signal and yes, I want to save the planet. Can you stop driving that car? Well, no, that doesn't apply to me. I'm gonna buy carbon credits. Remember I'm, those? I'm going to pretend mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. I'm going to pretend okay, I'm I'm gonna pretend I care, then I'm gonna pretend that I I'll virtue signal care by buying carbon credits and uh and uh, planting trees. Right. <laughs> right. Just amazing. Uh, Nearly two-thirds of Americans, including the majority of Democrats, support a congressional investigation into President Biden's mishandling of classified documents, according to a new poll. The Yahoo News YouGov poll released yesterday found 64% of U.S. adults and 52% of Democrats are in favor of lawmakers investigating the classified documents found at Biden's home and post-vice presidential office the reason i'm bringing this up is the number of emails i got you know because we've said this for the longest time and uh, i we get i get fewer of them now i think as people realize that the majority of the uh you know the news consumption is not the networks and the washington post and the new york times that people are going to the internet to find out what they want to find out mm-hmm. and so you can't hide anything and when this first came out, the scandal, I got a couple of emails. Well, you guys are bringing it up, but they're not going to report it, so nobody's ever going to hear it. I wrote back, as I always do, yes, they will. And this is how you know. This is how you know when it's when something, when this, this scandal is just beginning. Because remember, they took this, uh, when was this taken? The 12th through the 16th. Mm. So it ended three days ago, mm-hmm. the post polling. So this was done before all the information came out about Saturday and even maybe Thursday, you didn't know yet. Right. Or did we know? Uh, thurs- Thursday Thursday now? about a, a Okay, we would, did have, we know we, about we, we would have known about the Thursday, the uh, the Thursday release of uh, of the information that there was one, uh, the, that was when the one document was found. Right. Right. So they, they knew it at that, but they didn't know the Saturday release. So this still hadn't completed the cycle at the beginning of this poll. And so you have a, a scandal that's really at that point was less than a week old, and you've got almost two-thirds of Americans and, and the majority of Democrats saying this needs to be investigated. Wow. Mm. And I do believe it goes to the, 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 uh, the uh, you know, when the, the Penn-Biden office came, that just hit as, okay, Chinese donations by the tens of millions. Something stinks here. It needs to be investigated. Well, and the way that they're just now – 
not answering anything. Right, exactly, yeah. They're being the opposite of proactive in this case when we're supposed to believe and we're being told by sources that he still plans to run for re-election. Is he going to announce this week? That'd be interesting. Guess we'll see. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So, will Corrine Jean-Pierre get up there today and say, sorry, we're done? No more questions on this. Any other questions will be answered, but we're done talking about the top secret documents when they haven't answered any questions and everyone knows in that room, everyone knows who's paying attention that they have every ability to answer the questions. What they should say is the correct thing for her to say is we are basically taking the fifth. The president does not want to incriminate himself because that's essentially what they're doing. That would be, that would be the truth. Either that or call a lid and be done. (laughs) <laughs> because if they have no other information to, this is the only thing the press is going to ask about everything else leads back to this this is red eye radio on westwood one John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? (laughs) You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 